Hello, everybody. It is Wellness Wednesday Inspiration. We are here with Dr. Linda for another episode of uh, Inspiration on this beautiful Wednesday. And we have none other today than the greatest motivational speaker of all time, Mr. Les Brown. We are so excited. This is the one of the greatest moments I can say of my life right now, being able to interview the greatest ever, the number one, the best motivational speaker of all time. And in my personal case, a mentor, I've been being, I have been mentored by Mr. Les Brown since last year on the Power Voice. This is a course that he teaches and he has impacted my life in so many ways from his videos, motivational stories to the course that he teaches to in so many different aspects. So this person, this man, Mr. Les Brown, has been a very important person and instrument in my life, especially in my self-development. And so I am super excited. Dr. Linda, I know you're excited too. How are you today? Yes, I'm doing great. Uh, Wednesday, of course, Wellness Wednesday Inspiration, definitely here to you know, inspire people. And I think people are gonna walk away today with so much from Mr. Les Brown, like you said, He's one of the most, he has been one of the most sought out speakers in the world, has spoken at many Fortune 500 companies. I, I was going to tell him a story about he would be driving with me in my 1966 Volkswagen Bug when we had cassette, cassette tapes back in the day. He was in there and, are you hungry? So we'll let him get into that story. But, um, and, you know, just, he's got such an incredible, um, if you really look at his life, he has overcome so much. But what a lot of people don't even know about him that, I mean, he was involved with legislation for, I think, like three terms in Ohio. And we'll have to let him kind of share that story. Um, and then just, you know, there's just so much depth to this man. When you meet him, you truly feel like you you want to become a better version. And that's the whole point of our show is, you know, we want people to walk away like, make a change and be a better version of themselves. So, I mean, he is that kind of man that just will impact your life and has impacted millions and millions of people's lives. So I'm excited to get him on. Um, a couple other things that, you know, about him is he never said that he was fighting cancer. He's He's been defeating cancer for over 25 years. And that's just the power of how he uses his voice and words. So let's bring him on. I can't wait to just dig in with this with incredible Mr. Les Brown. Hello, hello, Mr. Brown. How are you today? I'm great and so are you now that I'm in the presence of beauty, greatness, <laughs> and brains. Oh my God. Oh wow. Are you coming for me, Mr. Brown? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm hungry. <laughs> um, well, thank you so it. much for being here with us today. It's really, truly an honor to have mm -hmm. someone like you to join us today and share your story, inspire our audience, and just give us a little bit of you today. And thank you for sharing your time and, and spending these precious moments with us. Well, I want to thank the two of you for the decision that you've made to make a difference and make impact with this program because this is a time where people need words of encouragement, mm -hmm. conversations that can enlighten them and give them the tools of how to navigate where we are. We're going through a storm. Our lives have been turned upside down by the pandemic. And so 
your program is an anchor for a lot of people more than you know. It's giving them strength, giving them hope. And when there's hope in the future, that gives you power in the present. So thank you for all the two of you showing up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I want to start by asking you something that I think all, all of us have uh, experienced and can benefit from. We all have limiting beliefs. No matter who you are in your life, no matter where you come from, no matter what age, gender, ethnicity, we all have limiting beliefs in our lives. We all have things that we want to do and limiting beliefs that in a way keeps us stuck from reaching our full potential. How have you been able to overcome some of those limiting beliefs in your own life and get to the place where you have been able to get in your life? It's been a journey and I'm still doing it. I just turned 76 February the 17th <laughs> and I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Somebody asked the question, when is it a man or a woman dies? And the answer was when their dreams die. Mm. And I have been on this journey because being born in a poor section of Miami, Florida called Liberty City in an abandoned building on a floor with my twin brother. Mm -hmm. And we became foster kids and ultimately adopted. I always say I'm here because of two women. One gave me life. The other one gave me love. And God took mm -hmm. me out of my biological mother's womb and placed me in the heart of my adopted mother. And the the main factor that I feel that put me on this path of wanting to improve myself and expand my vision of myself beyond the circumstances that I was born in was a, a desire to take care of my mother, a hunger to buy her a home and, and, and not allow her to pay bills to say, Mama, when will I be a man? She said, boy, when you turn 18 and you're not 18 yet. I said, well, when I turn 18, you're not paying any more bills and you're not cooking for anybody else. She worked for poor families on Miami Beach. She would cook for them and we ate the food left over and she would keep their children and we wore the hand-me-down clothes. I said, you will only cook for me. My mother would bake a sweet potato pie so good, you couldn't eat it with your shoes on. You had to take your shoes <laughs> so you could wiggle your toes. <laughs> so, so ever since- path of discovery of this reason, Nietzsche said, if you know the wife you're living, you can endure almost anyhow. And that drove my behavior to discover how to find myself. And I, overheard some recordings in the library of a family that she was working for, Mr. Sidersky. He listened to motivational messages and I would shine his shoes and I would spend extra time in his office, taking my time, taking in that information. And unbeknownst to me, it was helping me to shape my vision of myself. And, and I think that this is a time where people have to be intentional about the information they put in their minds that can help them to handle what we're going through right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful what you said, because our, I love how you, you use your voice. Your voice is your power and whatever words we speak, we're speaking over us, whether they're positive or negative. And 
you've been so gifted with helping people as as i remember you said you coach and teach a lot of uh speakers but you first work with the messenger instead of the message because when you work with the messenger the message is just much more powerful can you kind of you know what led you to work in that kind of direction whereas most other you know other coaches and don't no one is as great as you but it's always you just exude like confidence love excitement passion but you've always been working on you not so much your message your message just flows beautifully because you've been working on you for years dr linda in all my interviews you're the first person that asked me that question the first mm -hmm. person that made that observation. I believe we we give a message out of who we are. Mm -hmm. And and we want to, there are people say, practice what you preach. And I say, no, preach what you practice. Mm -hmm. And during this time where we are, that we must build mental resiliency. We're taught, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And when they demanded that a Jewish carpenter, when the kingdom of God shall come, he said, the kingdom of God cometh not by observation. They shall say it's neither low there, low here. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And I say, the kingdom of God is voice activated. Yes. So when you speak, when you interview people on this program, you activate ideas, you expand their vision of themselves, you activate a spirit that allows them to become, as Mother Teresa would say, a pencil in the hand of God and start writing a new chapter in their lives. And so words are very powerful. They, they determine how we see ourselves and, and, and the possibilities for our lives and knowing that whatever we desire, that it's possible, but we have to decide that it's necessary. And it's necessary that we work on ourselves. It's necessary that we become clear about what we want out of life. There's a saying, the two most important days in our lives, the day that we are born and the day that we realize why we were born. That's what Mark Twain said. And so when we become clear about that, then it's necessary that you upgrade your relationships, surround yourself with collaborative, achievement-driven, supportive relationships, because you can't make it by yourself. You can, you can run faster with a hundred who want to go than with one around your neck. So you got to let some people go. <laughs> <laughs> And and be okay with that, you know, yes, because there's a lot of people in, in our lives, and I'm sure with you that you've had in your life that have come in for, um, well, two, two people come to mind. Mr., what do I want to say, Mr. Leroy Washington? Yes. And I really want you to share that because that, I mean, I remember that driving in my 1966 and a half Volkswagen bug when we had cassette tapes back in the day. Fernando, you don't even know what those are. But. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm 76. I just turned 76 February the 17th. I'll never forget, I walked in his class looking for MacArthur Stevens, and he said, young man, go to the board and work this problem out for me. I said, sir, I can't do that. He said, why not? I said, I'm not one of your students. He said, do it anyhow. I said, I can't, sir. And he said, why not? 
And the other students started laughing, saying, he's Leslie. He's got a twin brother, Wesley. Wesley's smart. He's DT. And he asked, what's DT? He's the dumb twin. And I said, mm -hmm. I am, sir. And he came from behind his desk and he looked at me. He said, don't you ever say that again. Someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality. You hear me? I said, yes, sir. And that was very powerful. How we live our lives is a result of the story we believe about ourselves. And what he did, he distract, dispute, and inspire. This is what your program does. People who listen, they come in with a mindset. They come listening with a story. And you distract them with your guests, with your conversations. We learn through conversations, through observation and experiences. And through the process of this program that you have, you dismantle their current belief system of being limited in terms of how they see themselves. And you release in them what Elizabeth Browning called the imprisoned splendor. When they get to listening, they got to do something with the greatness that you stirred up in them. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely always our intention every week to be able to bring a different perspective, be able to bring different information that most people don't necessarily get to hear on their daily basis. And the right. power of, of the people that you surround yourself with. And we want mm -hmm. to be one of those people that people surround themselves with that brings positivity, that brings a message of hope, a message of you are in control. You can determine your destiny. You determine what happens within you and, and nobody else, right? Nobody can have control over your thoughts or your beliefs. It's only you can't say you. that anymore. I hate to interrupt you. It's very important that people listen to you. Algorithms know more about us than we know about ourselves. Mm. Algorithms is now, it's the first time in the history of the world that technology knows more about you than you know about yourself. They videotape people coming in a room and they watch them and their eye movements, men coming into a room, women on one side, females on one side, men on the other. And based upon their eye movements, they were able to say, you are homosexual. And the person didn't even know it at that time. 94% accuracy. The, the politicians and the business leaders are using algorithms to program us, to buy things that we don't even want. That, that these algorithms, they, they're able to, to, the information that's in there to manipulate our thinking. At first it started with subliminal advertising around 30 years ago, but they've sophisticated it, they've upgraded it. And so now they can program your mind and it goes past the conscious mind to your subconscious mind. They first experimented with it years ago, 33 years ago, in fact, I'll never forget, where they ran an advertising on the screen that could not be seen by the naked eye, but it went straight to the subconscious mind. Get up and go buy some popcorn now. 35% of the audience got up 
and went to the counter and bought popcorn and did not know why they were getting it because they had people there to ask them, why are you getting popcorn now? I said, I don't know, but I, I just think I should get it. And they went and sat down. So now this is a different place. Now people say garbage in, garbage out. No, garbage in, garbage stays, and it creates a vision of how you see yourself. So this program that you have, it's very important because we've got to monitor what we watch and what we see. Even though these algorithms are very powerful, nothing could get in except through the eyes or through the ears. So what we have to do is put ourselves on a fast or be mindful of what we watch. Even the people who invented the technology said they had been seduced by it. A special called the Social Dilemma mm -hmm. on Netflix. Yes, Have you seen that? Yes, yes. Hey, this is this is scary. You hear me? And then I start thinking about how many things I have in my house. Been up watching late night infomercials. All the things <laughs> I watch. I just said, "Oh my God!" And I opened my cabinet. I got so many things. <laughs> Do I have these things? This is just too much. And so now I listen and watch programs like yours because mm -hmm. I want to protect my mind. Be ye not conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so mm -hmm. we've got to be mindful and deliberate and focus on programming ourselves. Otherwise, we will be programmed. Programmed. Mm -hmm. And that is very true. Absolutely true. Everything that from the people you surround yourself with to the programs that you watch to the music and the audios that you listen to, everything around you, no matter where you are, it's it's you're being programmed subconsciously to make yes, decisions. Yes, within two to three thousand dollars of your closest friends. Mm -hmm. Sidney said, "When you go for a walk with someone, he said something happens without being spoken. Mm -hmm. Either you adjust to their pace." they adjust to your pace the question is whose pace have you adjusted to uh -huh. Uh -huh. so that's why this program that you have here it's powerful and it's needed now more than ever before thank you, thank you mr brown yes there were there were two things that you had mentioned i know there's two of three that you know i've been following you for years and i i know i've met you personally you probably don't remember you meet so many people it was at a, a rock star boot camp back, I don't know, probably eight years ago, maybe longer Great than that. Best word. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yay, Les Brown is in the house. I and mean, that was amazing. You, you always knock it out of the, the ballpark all the time. Thank you. But I, I remember one is you have to master your mind. You talk, you, I mean, that is just such a core, uh, one of your core beliefs, values when working with people is mastering the mind. And, and as you had mentioned about to only surround yourself with um, quality people. As you said, you know, you will either walk to their pace or vice versa. So I never want to be the smartest one in the room. I, I want to be the dumb one in the room, you know? I want to want, be the one catching up, learning. But there was also something powerful that you said, especially in this time and age, is there's so much information out there. So we have to be very deliberate and creative and how we use our voice and our message 
to, so that people um, have an experience. We're gonna captivate them, not only just draw them in, but even with our conversations, it's not just, it's about holding their attention. And you're such a master at, you give people Dr. an experience. I hate, to, I hate to interrupt you. There you go again. <laughs> the reason when I came into the speaking industry, there was nobody of color there. It was a good old, good old boys network. Yep. They were giving out information. Information, if it could change people, everybody would be skinny, rich, and happy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what I do, I teach and train speakers how to create an experience with their story. When you give information, that only affects two areas of the brain. But when you tell a story, that impacts five areas of the brain, including the chemistry that you experience and feel when you are in love. Yeah. Okay? And so that's why Steve Jobs said the storyteller is the most powerful person in the world. Mm -hmm. So I came in telling stories while they, and still to this day, giving information from Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And stories are very important. That's why if, if we want to change the culture and the collective consciousness of any country, we have to maintain commitment to learning how to tell a story. If you notice these politicians, they all speaking from the same playbook. They've been trained how not to answer questions. <laughs> They've been trained to tell you, you didn't see what you just saw. You didn't hear what you just heard me say. <laughs> okay, let me tell you, it is, it's fascinating. I used to be a state legislator in Columbus, Ohio. I was elected to three terms and I resigned to go back to Miami to take care of my mother. I refused to allow her to be put in a nursing home. But the most powerful gift you have is to be able to use your voice Nothing happens until it's spoken. Nothing. It, have, it, it has to be spoken. And so that's how relationships are built. That's how wars are started. People can be encouraged or they can be destroyed mentally, emotionally, and spiritually by the things spoken to them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about storytelling, Mr. Brown, can you tell me and the audience, what would be the three most impactful moments of your life and why? Oh, I would say number one was when, when Dr. Alfred Golston, who had a weird sense of humor said, Mr. Brown, you have cancer. I said, I do? He said, yes. I said, is there anything else? He said, yes, it's, your PSA is 2,400. I said, what does that mean? One to four is normal. You have prostate cancer. Yeah. I said, anything else? He said, yes. It's metastasized to seven areas of your body. I said, whoa. Now, cancer is the most feared word in seven different languages. And, and so I said, is there... Anything else? He said, yes. And you're ugly, too. <laughs> this is serious. But he said, but you got this. You got this. I never tell my patients they're terminally ill. 
What I say is that my knowledge, my abilities, and my skill set has terminated. Now, you and God determine the prognosis. I determine the diagnosis. Oh. I'll do what I can to assist you in the process. And I, I was fine with that. I know Jesus walked the water, but he went out there in a boat. So <laughs> was 29 years ago and I went to several other doctors and sure enough they told me that I had probably three to six months so that was a defining moment for me but he he interrupted my thinking and I I left there not with a heart full of fear false evidence appearing real but a heart mm -hmm. full of faith finding answers in the heart mm -hmm. and the other thing is my mother passing, that was a defining moment because she's been my rock. I always say, all that I am and all that I ever hope to be, I owe to my mother. And she said, Leslie, yes, ma'am, mama. I'm gonna be all right, boy. I'm gonna be all right. And it reminded me of the words of the poet who said, if you but knew where I stepped, you will wonder why you wept. And it's an interesting thing that someone that you take care of passes you have mixed emotions one you're sad that they're gone and then on the other hand you're glad they're no longer suffering because mm. you want to live like that mm. and the third thing is when my kids they got together and said daddy we couldn't understand why you lived the way you live why you traveled so much and you missed some special occasions and why when we're eating dinner out and people come over and say, excuse me, can I interrupt you? And you didn't run them away. We didn't understand. But now we graduated from college. We don't have student loans. And now we got our own book and our own speaking careers. We understand. Thank you. We're glad that you made this choice <laughs> because they're not looking for a J-O-B, the journey of the broke. <laughs> I, I love that. Those are three very impactful, um, uh, you know, as Fernando was asking, just things that you remember. You know what really stood out about you? It almost makes me cry when, but I want you to share the story because it's just like, I, I knew that there was transformation that happened and something pivotal in your life. One was when you were, when you walked into Mr. Washington's classroom, that was one where your belief system was interrupted and you, you started to tell a different story. And you know that the stories that you've been telling haven't impacted your life until now. When was the second time when you met um, Mr. Calhoun, I believe that's his name, years later after the incident with, you know, I mean, you, you've been through a lot from poverty to cancer to, you know, business challenges to, you know, there's so much, but that one was like, it made me cry. Just think about that because that one. Are you from, I'm calling the Pentagon on you. I'm turning you Oh my goodness. But that you? story, I want you to share it. That was like, you. I know Nobody that you've ever brought that up before. Mm. Oh my God. Oh, I've never gone there before. 
Mm. Well, you don't have to, but I just, just the, the transformation of what happened to you as an individual, knowing that you have changed. Mr. Calhoun was, yeah. when I was a kid, they called people, today young people call them snitches. We call them stew pigeons. And mm. my sister Moonshine and Homebrew, when she could no longer work because of arthritis. And he knocked on the door. And my mother always told me, Leslie, don't ever open the door without letting me know. And I was about to call her, and, and and she said, and he said, Leslie, don't tell her. I've got two people with me, and we want to surprise her. Open mm -hmm. the door. And I opened the door, and he came in, and they threw me up against the wall. I was 10 years old. And the two guys came in and went in and arrested my mother. She came out in handcuffs. And she said, Leslie, I told you never to open the door without telling me. And I said, I'm so sorry, Mama. And so they took Mama away. They took her away. And I had to become a man because Mama adopted seven kids. We had no other relatives. And so I sold hard metals and copper and aluminum to Pe Pepper's Junkyard, uh, soda bottles, sold newspapers, shine shoes, to get food on the table. We couldn't get welfare during that time. And I had to become a man, but I, I learned something during that time. Is that I remember going to visit Mama and you had to look through when somebody is in jail you had to look through a plexiglass, talk on the phone. And I learned the power of forgiveness. I was crying and said, Mom, I'm so sorry. Leslie, tell me how your brothers and sisters doing. And I said, Mama, I wanted to talk about why I made a mistake. She said, mm -hmm. tell me how your brothers and sisters are doing, Leslie. And I would tell her, and then she would tell me something funny. She said, I love you, son. I love you. And, uh, and when she got out, she never mentioned it. I would always come, Mom, I need to talk to you. No, there's nothing to talk about, Leslie. We're all right. And uh, she never mentioned it. She never mentioned it, even till she left here. It showed me the power of forgiveness, mm -hmm. the power of letting things go. And I've come to know that forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is remembering without anger, you mm -hmm. know? And I learned that from my mother. You should not have aliens on this program unless you're going to want your guests. <laughs> Dr. Linder is an alien. I have to call the Pentagon as soon as I'm through. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow, that was... Thank you for sharing, Mr. Brown. Thank you for sharing. Mr. Brown, the, the impact that you've had on people, though, just... 
I don't, maybe you don't understand the depth of it, or I hope you do, but the depth of literally millions of people and just with, you know, you're just so um, transparent about, and, some, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's, our, it's our test that brings on our testimonies that we sometimes don't want to share things because maybe we're ashamed or it hurts. But if that's going to impact, and I know your work has impacted literally millions of people, and, and your legacy will will still be on and on and on because of the power of your voice and tapes and CDs and podcasts and interviews as such. And not only that, the people that even when we forgive them, it it will even allow them to do other greater things because those are sometimes lessons that you have taught them. And I know that you taught that man a lesson. There was a pivotal point where you you taught him a lesson, and it was just beautiful to see how you and your you know your son was there, and to really see like you would say, don't um, you know, don't always be preaching. You're preaching to do this, do this, but it's like no, you have to you have to live it. John Leslie, listen, mm -hmm. things going to happen to you in life, and anger is not the way to handle it. Anger is. It blows out the, the 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 it's a lamp that blows out the lamp of the mind and at this time <laughs> this guy comes over and says let's brought I had a talk show let's brought you don't know me but I know you and I knew your mother and congratulations for the great job you've been doing and I looked at him and uh, and I I start suffering from shortening of breath all this anger and hatred, I had promised myself I would take this man out. And there my son looking at me saying, are you all right? No, I need to go outside. I need to go outside to breathe, to breathe. And he took me outside and, um, pardon me, and I had to let it go. I had to let that hatred go. I had to forgive that man. And I had to forgive myself. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that's what my mother would want me to do. Mm -hmm. And 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 the this thing called life, it's just not. <laughs> Forrest Gump was right. Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You come on a, a, a on an internet Zoom program and you meet an alien who knows all about you. You know. <laughs> I'm looking at you. You coming for me, but I'm gonna burn all of it in your front yard. I'm gonna find you. I'm looking for you. <laughs> oh, oh, I love this so much. Oh my goodness, I love it. I love it. Yes. You know, one of the we coming for you. You did. I warn you, I warned you it's around. You told me, but you didn't tell me you bring an alien with you. I take that as a compliment. One of the things that I that I enjoy listening to to you is that you use so much humor in your stories. And humor, us being medical professionals, both of us, Dr. Linda and I, we understand the power of using humor in, in healing. Yes. When you have a positive outlook, when you have humor in your life, when you have, when you're surrounded by, by an upbeat, positive 
attitude around you, it, it increases your chances of healing, recovering so much sooner and your immune system strengthens. There is so much mm -hmm. science behind using humor and you incorporate humor too as a way of getting your, your story across and ha having people connect and dispute and distract and so they can feel your story with you and they can also be entertained in the process. And it's such a powerful thing. And you, in the process, are healing people. You are having them laugh and, and enjoy the time with you. And in the process, you enjoy yourself. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. Very observant. I use humor. When people laugh, the mind shuts down. So I use humor while they're laughing. Then I come with something powerful. And by the time they gather their consciousness, I'm already in the heart. <laughs> you are very, very observant. You use humor strategically to distract them and, and the mind shuts down. Yes. I, I studied psychoneuroimmunology, as you're aware. And Dr. Norman Cousins, who wrote a book called The Anatomy of Illness, who mm -hmm. was a physicist yeah. and he was diagnosed with a terminal illness and he watched comedy television programs, I Love Lucy, Jimmy mm -hmm. Rabbit, and so many others. Uh, and laughs him the way back to good health. That 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 laughter is in a jogging it and it boosts the immune system. One one minute of anger weakens the immune system for four to five hours, but one minute of laughter boosts the immune system for over 24 hours. So mm -hmm. when get through watching this program, they won't get sick for 30 years. <laughs> That's that's what I love about you, Mr. Les Brown, is I, I think of H and H humor, but your humility as well. You're able to connect with people. Yes, humor always does, but you're just just, just your humility really connects with people at such a deep level. Just that, you know, I'm you're human. You make mistakes like all of us because people will put other teachers, coaches, speakers, and and you are one of the greatest speakers <laughs> in the world that ever existed. Um, but you just come across, like I said, just I love the humor, but just the humility. That is something that I don't see too much. And I just want to thank you for that and just for just the opportunity for just for you to share and really open up with people. I know we, we talked about some stuff and maybe went in some in some in a direction that Maybe you weren't ready for, but your your humility just really, um, I think, is going to heal a lot of people. So, so thank you. Really thank appreciate you that. Kind. Thank you for your kind words. I'm a legend in my own mind. <laughs> and my mind. <laughs> You're a legend in our minds too. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Brown. To finalize, there is one question, and that someone in the audience is asking if you would be releasing "You Gotta Be Hungry" on Audible in the future. Yes, I'm working on that today. I'm yes. so glad they asked that question. Today is the day. I've been putting it off. Today is the day. Thank you. Um, when we finish, that's all I'm gonna focus on today, and I'll see that the two of you get yours first. Okay. Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. If there is one thing, Mr. Brown, that someone can start doing today immediately to help start or to start transforming their lives, what would that one thing be? I would say make a decision to live a life that will outlive you. Mm -hmm. 
we're here for God. We're here to serve. The greatest among you will be your servant. God asked Adam, where are you? And that was not a question about location. It was the question of he wanted Adam to think. You made in my likeness an image. You've been given authority and dominion over everything. Where are you? And most of us are living a misplaced life. And understand and know he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And work to discover that presence in you. You're more than a conqueror. He said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Mm. And live a life that will outlive you. Horace Mann said we should be ashamed to die until we've made some major contribution to humankind. I told my children I want them to put on my tombstone. I aspired to inspire until I expired. Wow, yeah. oh, that, that's powerful. Oh, I could spend hours just chit-chatting with you. <laughs> I want to say this to you. I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. But somebody needs to hear this. Hell is what you experience when you die and you meet the person that you were supposed to become. Ooh. That's powerful. I've never heard that. Wow. <laughs> that is powerful. Wow. You're coming for us now, Mr. Brown. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. Now to finalize, I have been, I have had the honor and the privilege to be with you and join you every Wednesday on Power Voice. And I will see you there tonight. It has been such a powerful and transformational program for me and for many others. You have touched people in so many different levels, in so many different ways, in so many different venues, in so many different programs and just in unimaginable ways. If people want to find more about you, if they want to hear from you, if they want to find you, if they want to work with you, where can they find you? What would be the best way, Mr. Brown? They should go to hungrytospeak.com, hungrytospeak.com. And if they'd like to reach me for one-on-one -on -one coaching, Les Brown at Hungry to Speak. Les Brown at Hungry to Speak. For one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, hungrytospeak.com. Wonderful. We'll put that information down in the chat. Thank you so much. It has been such a wonderful time and experience having you on the show. I am in cloud nine right now. I'm still, I'm still floating from the opportunity of being able to, to interview you and having you share our time with us. Thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. Best interview I have ever had. I've never been in an interview with two aliens before, but it, <laughs> it's necessary, it's possible. <laughs> Thank you so much, I love you. There's absolutely nothing you could do about it. Oh, thank you, Mr. Brown, thank appreciate you, Brown. you. Appreciate it. Um, all right. Thank you so much, God bless you. And for you. all of the audience, thank you so much for joining us today with the greatest motivational speaker in the world, Mr. Les Brown. It has been a plump, pleasing pleasure and a privilege. <laughs>
And that's our story, and we're sticking to it. And, yes. So we'll see you all next week and go get his books. And you have to listen to him. He'll be spe he's speaking in my head all the time. You got to be hungry and the story. So you'll love it. You'll love it. Yeah. So, all right. All right. We'll see everyone Thank next you. week. Bye. Bye. Bye.